say good black don't crack, they're not wrong. What's your secret? But if we think that to look better is to certainly get a better spirit in our heart and uh, to work every day to become a better wife, a better mother, a better friend, a better sister, then those values and attributes alone will make us more beautiful than we are now. Fear it! Own it! Take a minute and know that you are this power. the fire that our ancestors lit that carried us. Teach our children to claim their destiny. I say it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman. Phenomenal. How can fat girl be the best anything when cat woman is around? You know exactly who I am and what I'm capable of. Just like I know exactly what you are. Peace to the family. Thank you for joining us. This is Divine Femininity. Welcome to On the Wake Up Radio. And I'm here along with my sisters, um, Cindy Ashby, our producer behind the scenes, and Empress Maxine. And uh, <laughs> yes, we are in the building for today's broadcast. Our broadcast today is this twisted evil world. And we're going to have a few conversations about some clips and, and articles that we're going to uh, stumble upon today. And uh, yeah, just the taste of this before this started was amazing. But Empress Maxine and Empress Cindy, if you want to introduce yourselves. Go right ahead. Hello, good evening all. My name is Maxine and I have a show here on Friday nights called Is Miss Max Health and Culture? Starts at five o'clock p.m. I also have a business called Ministry and Wellness where I provide alternative solutions. You can find me at ministryandwellness.com and you can also find me on Instagram at ministry underscore and underscore wellness. Thank you for having me here today. And for Cindy, do you want to give, I know we don't necessarily always put you on the spot, but hey, why not toot your own horn? That's right. That's right. Toot, toot. On the wake of radio.com, otwtube.com, Divine Femininity, 36, 38 fucking shows, over 1,700 episodes. Eh, not bad. The boat is leaving. Boo, Jackie and Angie up next. Hardest working woman in radio. I was saying the hardest working woman in radio. I was agreeing with Empress Maxine like 24-7. This this chick does not rest. I think she's a vampire or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think hell. so too. <laughs> I told her she was. I told her she was a vampire. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, we have Empress Jackie. I think she's in the background. Are you there with us, Empress Jackie? She'll probably join in. I don't I don't hear her. Okay. I don't know. I saw her in the she'll chat. She'll probably be here. I can't. She's she can't turn her mic on. Okay. All okay. right. Well, we will get uh Empress Jackie on the line here shortly. And uh was Empress Angie. My name is Angie. I also do a show on the Wake Up Radio. It's called Thoughts of a Lifeskin Woman, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Awesome. <clears throat> Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Uh do we have Empress Jackie yet? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> awesome. Peace, Empress. Go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, yep. get, give your uh, insta your your handles for your business. Okay. Okay. I am Jackie Q. Um, I am a small business owner of Joni's um, Hair, Skin, and Wellness Products. And um, my Instagram is uh, Joni Prada, uh, LLC, and that's J-O-N-I Prada, LLC. And my second business is mistressanju.com. That's M-I-S-T-R-E-S-S-A-N-J-U.com. And that is uh, my daughter's art. Um, we sell her art on T-shirts and apparel. And that's it. Oh, I'm sorry. And <laughs> I um, am producer of two shows on uh, on the Wake Up Radio with uh, Miss Cindy Ashby, the hardest working uh, woman in radio. And that is um, Forward Thinkers of Medicine, 
and uh, fuck them up Friday. So fuck them up. Uh, young talent in the, in the areas, you know, rappers, artists, um, and music, you name it, we, we showcase it. And that's it. Thank you. Um, that's peace. Thank you, Empress uh, Jackie. So I'm Letitia. I, I always am bad about this. Um, I'm at Letitia.Smith76 on IG or Third Eye Vision Solutions, LLC. Don't ask me what little symbols in between because I cannot remember, um, but I'm sure it'll come up. <laughs> and and uh, we're also on Facebook as well. But you need to go to otwtube.com and sign up. This is radio and and also um, the YouTube for us, by us, FUBU. And uh, also call in 844-818-4433 if you'd like to join the conversation. You can catch replays on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. But please sign up with otwtube.com. Now... We're about to get into it. Do we have any other? Uh, do we have anyone else in the in the uh, audience or the chat? We need to introduce before we move forward. All right. So sick parents. Um, yeah, this is some shit right here. Thank you, Emerson. Say the abuse that killed an eight-month-old baby girl was no accident. <laughs> Tonight, that child's father is charged with her murder and sexual assault. Thanks for being with us for the news at 5 o'clock. Police and paramedics rushed to a motel in Inkster last Thursday on a report of an eight-month-old not breathing. A little girl died from her extensive injuries on Sunday, and now her 22-year-old father is accused of killing her. Let's bring in Mara McDonald. Uh, Mara, the injuries that the girl sustained are just horrific. They're bad, Devin, and that's just for starters here. We're talking about multiple skull fractures, a brain bleed, a retinal hemorrhage, and then there are other injuries that we're not going to get very specific on. Let me explain. Please stand to your feet. 22-year-old James Salt Marshall spent the majority of his arraignment moaning with his hands covering his mouth. Top one, felony murder, homicide. When paramedics got to the Alpine Motel in Inkster last Thursday, Salt Marshall's eight-month-old baby girl wasn't breathing. He had been left to care for her at the motel while the child's mother was at work. Doctors at Children's Hospital detailed the injuries that killed the little girl for detectives. They uh, thought there was a child had skull fractures, brain swelling, and some other uh, bruising. It was the head injuries that killed her, but doctors also found extensive evidence of sexual assault. Salt Marshley told police he fell asleep with his little girl in the crook of his arm and then woke up to her not breathing. Doctors say, no way is that what happened. That you did knowingly or intentionally cause serious physical harm to a child. That's a felony punishable by up to life in prison. Back here live, detectives say that after they interviewed Salt Marshall extensively, after he first said that his daughter never was fell, she never was shaken, anything like that, he then changed his story to say that, well, maybe she had fallen out of bed still. Doctors say that his story just doesn't add up. The judge put him in jail with a $2 million bond. It's terrible. It's almost like... When he was standing in that courtroom, he was having an out-of-body experience. The way he just seemed so shocked that he was even standing in front of that judge lets me know that it's almost like he, his personality was split into two people. And the person that committed that crime was the heinous evil that he had the out-of-body experience. But the person that was in that courtroom was, was a young boy but was exposed for the evilness that he did. I mean, make it make sense. You can't. My, my prayer is for that baby in heaven that she suffers no more. But I, my heart is breaking that the fact that she had to go through such horrendous trauma and suffering before she died. And God knows how long she had even been going through that, that baby been going through that type of trauma. And how did the mother not know? They didn't say anything about her. It was um like I, as I watched it, I thought to myself, why is he why is he crying like that? Is he crying because he got caught? Is he 
like you said, is he crying because it's like now the monster's out of the closet type of shit? You get what I'm saying? Um, and let me tell you, I once, and this this is a horrible story. It was a, a guy, he had met a he had met a girl, it was a black guy. He had met a girl, it was like a white girl, a Spanish girl. He moved, met her online, moved, she had a she had a four-year-old daughter. And they stayed in like a, one of those small, like uh, one bedroom apartments, like studio. So sometimes he would take the bed or the couch because not all of them could like fit on, on the bed. True story. Um, the child goes to school on her first day. She's now five. She's in, what is this, like kindergarten, some shit like that, at five or first grade or some shit, right? And she tells the teacher that her thing is, is hurting. So, of course, they do a test or whatever, and she was sexually abused. And so they, they went to the mother, and the mother's like, well, I don't know. We're all in the same space, like, you know, just like in a really tight, confined space, and she's never seen her boyfriend do anything or whatever. Come to find out, they do a test, a blood test. The baby has HIV. He had HIV. He says he has no recollection because he came home drunk one night and he remembers having sex with the girlfriend, but doesn't really remember. So he really, it's like he's saying he grabbed the child, not realizing it wasn't the woman and had sex with the child and he didn't mean to do it. Well, that was the, that was the, the what's that nail that hit the coffin because five-year-olds don't have HIV. Do you get what I'm saying? Who doesn't like register like what the fuck is going on? And this is why you can't meet people. You have children. You don't know what the fuck is wrong with them. And they, and they'll come in a relationship acting like they're into you, but they really into your fucking kids. That shit is like. And in that case, he was a boyfriend. He was not the father of the child. Right. You hear that often where a lot of the stepdads are coming in and doing that. You know, this young man was the biological father of this child. I'm starting to notice that more. I don't know if it's because the world is smaller. I'm starting to hear more stories like that or be, you know, aware of them more. But uh, and of course, social media. But yeah, it's it it's sick to know that you could do some something to go to that level with your own child, period, to do it to anyone, period. But damn, that's some sick shit. Empress Angie. I was I was gonna say, I mean, it's kind of messed up because I don't know if, if how the saying goes that like anything that you do within a minute, once you make that decision, that's it. Cause um, how do you say like it just sucks that once we do something, that's it. Like me, myself, I know definitely I would never want to go to jail. I'll be, I'll be joking around saying, you know, I don't want to be some other, what is it? Some other woman's bitch or whatever they call it in jail. I don't know the terms that they have, but I'll be just thinking about stuff like that. Like it's, it's having the patience, but with that situation, it is kind of messed up and he has to face the consequences. Um, I wish for other people that I've knew that have done messed up things like that could have, you know, face the time that they were supposed to but because of age that's not going to happen so is it called jailhouse pussy (laughs) i think that's what it's called empress jackie yes um i'm i'm in shock i i don't know i really don't have any anything to say um that bothered me a lot. I, I just don't know what a person that that's just that's just evil, evil. But I I do believe that sometimes you know you have people like uh, Sister Maxine said you know he's standing in front of the judge like he can't believe that this has happened um, like he's in another world and that's something that we all need to. Um, we all need to understand is that, you know, we, we are not in this world alone. We do have a lot of uh, evil spirits that, that uh, dwell among us. Um, there are so many different things that are coming to the forefront these days. You know, life as we know it is not what we thought it was. So sometimes you have to wonder, like, if you've known a person all their life and you've never seen that in them, 
how can they just snap? How can they just go from zero to a thousand um, and just be, you know, nice one minute and then evil? That, that's the worst evil you can get to do that to an infant. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. All I, all I can do is just chalk it up to um, some, something demonic. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It, there's a spiritual war going on. So when you have things like this happen, you got to wonder what what was possessing this man to do that to his eight-month-old child, right? Like, I'm not excusing his behavior in no way, shape, or form. I'm just saying that this is the type of world we live in. And even before us, there were demons possessing, you know, others. So that that's not uncommon for people to be used by the evil of the of the 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 evil entities empress jamaica welcome to the building it's so nice to meet you i'm in the audience uh audio only room i guess that's the new thing now with streamyard but empress jamaica please introduce yourself and uh we'll go to the next clip um, I'm Jamaica. I am out of Texas. Um, and, you know, uh, Cindy uh, welcomed me to the show. I thank you for welcoming me to the show. So, thank you really much. I <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> well, welcome. And we thank will you. go to the next clip, which is um, another almost uh, disturbing clip as well. It was a horrific crime. Ronnie O'Neill murdered his girlfriend and daughter and tried to kill his son. But on the night of that tragedy, a guardian angel appeared in the form of a first responder and gave that little boy a second chance at life. Tonight, an incredible story of survival and a path forward through adoption. It's a story you'll only see here on News Channel 8. Good evening. I'm Keith Kate. I'm Jennifer Lee. Thank you for joining us. Tonight, we introduce you to the little boy who survived that horrific night and is now thriving with adoptive parents who brought him into their home. News Channel A's Jeff Patterson joining us now with his exclusive report about little Ronnie and how Ronnie's life has changed for the better. Keith and Jen, during the trial, we were very careful to protect the identity of young Ronnie. He is a victim who managed to survive a horrific night, but now with his permission and the permission of his adoptive parents, we are sharing his story and the story of how he came to his new family. You will see who is the mass murderers. It was a trial that captivated the Bay Area and the nation. This whole entire case has been tampered with. It began March 18th, 2018. Mike Blair with the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office got a call to respond to a crime scene in Riverview. Blair has responded to hundreds of calls. This one changed his life. There was a child being medevaced to Tampa General, but he was not expected to live. Ronnie O'Neill III, accused of killing his girlfriend, daughter, and severely wounding his son Ronnie, insisted on acting as his own attorney. In one heartbreaking moment, he questioned Ronnie in court. How did I hurt you? Me. Ronnie the third was found guilty of murder but for Ronnie now 12 it's important to him that we remember his mother and sister she's just a good mom Kenyatta Barron was back in school attending HCC but still had time to play football with him and Ronnie had his own special way of communicating with his disabled sister Ron Nivia we did like a lot of things together she was nice in the hospital Mike Blair visited Ronnie as he recovered. He kind of held onto my hand and as I left, and he said, could you watch a movie with me? At that moment, Mike knew he had to speak with his wife. We were planning to go on a date night that night, and I said, hey, instead of doing date night, do you mind if we go watch a movie with this kid? Danielle Blair went to the hospital where she and Mike watched a movie with Ronnie. I had already known that I would want to take Ronnie home with us starting that night. But it didn't happen overnight. Not until they received one call asking if they knew anyone who could foster Ronnie. That call became their calling. I was driving by our church when the guardian is asking, hey, 
do you know of somebody who can help us out? Danielle Blair had prayed for this moment. I started praying that God would soften Michael's heart and say, okay, yes, we we have a place that, that, that Ronnie belongs. Now Ronnie has a new family and five new siblings who've accepted Ronnie into their lives. One of the best moms and dads, they take care of me. It's become more than just a new house for Ronnie. It's a home. They even have a family mantra. As it goes to the family and it's, I am safe, I am loved, and I'm part of this family. Remarkable people. The Blairs have five children of their own, and those children actually encourage Corporal Blair to bring Ronnie into their house and into their home, into their lives. Ronnie is now receiving physical therapy for his wounds and mental health care to protect, uh, help him through this process and everything that he has gone through. What a good-looking family now, though. I think we were all captivated by this story, to say the least. And it was Ronnie's decision to speak, wasn't it? Why now? Why did this young man want to speak out? Well, he felt he was very limited during the trial of what he could say. He was very much prepared for that. But he didn't have a chance to say how much he loved his mother and how much he loved his sister. That was important to him. And for Mike and Danielle Blair, they say that horrific night was only one brief moment in Ronnie's life. It will always be part of his story, they say, but it doesn't have to define him. True. That is so true. We do not have to allow things that happen to us to define us. That's the silver lining and all that. But it's horrific what happened. Empress Maxine, I see you got you got that uh, look about you, <laughs> baby. Go ahead and spit some truth, baby. You know, so many things were going through my head. I mean, I, I just felt like I wanted to cry. But the happiness is that he did find a family that took him in. My concern about the young man is that what will this do for him in the long run? Even though it's wonderful that this family took him in, I think that's a beautiful thing, but it also ripped him out of his culture. That's what hurt me. Yes. It, yes. Ripped, it took him out of his culture and now he has to redefine himself into a new culture. And it doesn't matter all the love and all the support that they give him. Now he has to be kind of a fish out of water. So I'm glad that he is going to therapy. And I'm mm -hmm. hoping, I am really hoping that they will put him in environments where he can still build around who he is as a young man. But I'm so happy that he found a safe haven, but it's, it's going to be a long road for him because he lost his mother and his sister and, you know, witness that and also witness his own father trying to kill him and then had to face that crazy fool in court this poor child was subject, subjected to a lot. I can imagine what he must be going through, waking up in the night, PTSD and all that. So my prayer for the young man is that he grows up to have a healthy and prosperous life and know that he, and I'm just happy to know that he did find love. Love that. Thank you. Thank you, Empress. That, that really moved my spirit. Um, Empress Jackie, would you like to speak to this? Yes, um, I'm glad it all ended well for him. Um, but that's got to be a traumatic experience uh, for any child to go through that type of trauma. It, it lasts. <laughs> you carry that with you for the rest of your life. Um, but it's important how you navigate life um, because it never goes away. It's something that you never forget. You just have to make sure that you get the proper um, care um, counseling, and you have to stick with it. Um, I, I endure trauma as, um, you know, early on in my life. So I, I know how important it is that healing um, phase in order for you to be, um, you know, feel like a complete and whole adult and, and not have it come back on, you know, in your later years. So I'm, I'm glad he did find a family. And like Sister Maxine said, I agree, he still needs to be around in the environment. Um, so he's always connected to who he is um, as a young man. Thank Excellent. You. That's peace. Thank you, Empress. Empress, Angie, did you want to speak to this, this uh, story? I mean, I saw and it's like, 
you know, it sucks that from, you know, from such a such a tragedy, but it's always one of those things where, you know, there's always good people out there who are sometimes willing to, you know, willing to step up and um, take some sort of responsibility. And especially for situations like that, like, if you know, if a child has no parent now or, you know, things like that. But it just shows that, you know, love comes in any color. So that's how I see it. Okay, that's respect, respect. Empress uh, Jamaica, would you like to, to chime in on this? Yeah, it's like the rest of the ladies um, said, the trauma that this child has to face is, you know, uh, heartbreaking. And hopefully that he um, does have the correct counseling, that, um, you know, he gets the correct counseling that he needs to help him through this trauma. You know, um, that could, that's that's a lot to take up you know, being able to see your mother and your little sister die and then your father trying to kill you as well. So I can just only imagine how he is feeling right now. And, um, you know, it was, it was, yeah, it was nice. And it was a blessing that he was able to find that family to take him in. And I also agree that he do needs to be around some of his very own peers um, as well. So hopefully, you know, they do you know, put him in that setting to where he's around his own peers as well. So it don't take him away from his culture. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I couldn't agree with y'all any more than what you've already said. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely, definitely good points made on, on that particular piece. Um, Empress Cindy, did you want to, did you have anything you want to add? Because we are all connected at the womb. We all felt the same thing as far as that whole culture. Because for me, it was like, I was like, okay, well, this family, they've taken him. But there was a part of me when they said the social services asked the family and nobody came forward. Mm -hmm. How are you going to feel as a child? Nobody in the whole fucking mother and father side, grandmother, how many lineages, nobody fucking wanted you? So will we blame him later on when he's taught to be an Uncle Tom? Would we blame him when he doesn't know how to identify as who he is? We can only blame our own. Because they were supposed to, that's what community is about. You ain't supposed to leave no child. I'm not saying love, I get that, right? Love transcends through color and all that shit. But I'm living in this world. And what we've been shown and what we've been taught there's going to be a confusion, the psychology behind knowing my father is a fucking maniac at any moment. That's in my DNA. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And nothing like yeah. having your family to kind of reassure you, baby, that's not you. Baby, that's not you. Baby, you know what I'm saying? But now you're in someone else's DNA class that now is going to rewrite between indoctrination, programming, TV, the news yelling that black boys ain't shit, black men ain't shit. And now you have to now conform. And what is he, 12? Are you fucking kidding me? That's what made me mm-hmm. cry. That's what, because I wish I could have just taken him and just mm-hmm. remind him every day till he's 18 that he's a fucking warrior. You know what I'm saying? You're more than just mm-hmm. one part of your DNA. You're more than your dad's. You're your mom. You're your grandmother. You're... Eh, yeah. I don't know. I would have taken, taken him. I would have taken him, no doubt. Right. And it's a probably a good thing that he didn't go to that family because if they neglected him like that, then imagine what would have happened if they would have took him in. He would have ended up in the system anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly. a good point. Because why they didn't want him. They didn't they want didn't him. Want him. Because then if they would have took him in, they would have they wouldn't have wanted him. He would have got neglected. You know, mm-hmm. probably would have either ran away, either, you know, in the you know, running with the wrong people or, you know. It, it, it happens to especially our little young black men. It happens a lot. It would be nice. They don't get that nice. type of attention and that type of help that they need after suffering a traumatic, you know, something so traumatic. It would be nice if they allowed people to to um, foster whoever they wanted. Like right. I don't, I know some states you just have to take whoever you get, um, and you can't be like picking and choosing what race you want to want to foster. Um, and so it would be nice if that, that was allowed like for, for children to go to where they're with like-minded 
individuals, even even so much as to to religion, even though I don't believe in religion, you know, let's say a child was growing up in a like I said, I don't believe in religion, but whatever, let's for shits and giggles, someone's Christian, they their child be with a Christian family and continue to grow up with a, a Christian family or Muslim, so forth and so forth, so on. But yeah, that's that's definitely what resonated with me. Yeah, it's nice someone took him in, but yeah, he's gonna be a confused soldier. He's he might not even become a soldier, you know. He they might he might end up with a dress on. I don't know. Uh, and hey, I'm not knocking nobody, but that's what they're pushing on our people. Mm-hmm. And and it's the propaganda of it that disturbs me more than anything. But I digress. We are uh, going. We are on the wakeupradio.com. Uh, call in at 844-818-4433. Go to otwtube.com and you can watch us on replay. Please sign up. This is FUBU for us by us we're going to our next clip which is cops gone wild no it's cops going too far but <laughs> cops gone wild can i take your phone out it's out it's out <gasps> two jaw-dropping cell phone video showing the disturbing actions of two gwinnett county police officers during a traffic stop oh The first video released on Wednesday went viral on social media. It shows the handcuffed driver, identified as Demetrius Hollins, on the ground and in handcuffs held down by one officer. And moments later, the second officer, identified as Robert McDonald, shows up to assist with the arrest. McDonald then runs up and stomps the helpless handcuffed Hollins in the head. Disturbed me. Uh, and, And as it disturbed everyone who actually witnessed that video. Within 24 hours of that video being released, Officer McDonald was fired. During a press conference, the chief calls McDonald's actions inexcusable. What happened yesterday at the hands of of one of my former officers was embarrassing, not only to the Gwinnett County Police Department, but to all law enforcement. We hold our officers accountable for their actions. And in less than 24 hours, the Gwinnett County Police Department held this officer accountable for his actions. But just hours after today's press conference, this second cell phone video services of that same controversial traffic stop. It shows veteran Sergeant Michael Bongiovanni pulling the driver out of the red car. And as the driver stands with his hands raised, a sign of surrender, the sergeant rears back and punches the driver whose hands remained raised. I'm very upset. I'm I'm mad. I'm sick. Uh, that the second uh, video uh, showed up. Police Chief Ayers says Sergeant Bon Giovanni hid his actions from investigators. I'm glad that the uh, second video was forwarded to us. We've been able to move swiftly to terminate this supervisor who not only stepped out side of his training in state law, but he failed to tell us what happened in the incident report and the use of force reports. Wow, that's crazy. This dude just punched the hell out of him when his hands were up. That's a coward ass, bitch ass mm-hmm. nigga right there. <laughs> Empress Jamaica. <laughs> I see you nodding your head. Go on and give us the juice, man. <laughs> oh, man. No, you know, that right there is, you know, um, you know, it, 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 it is, you know, it, it, you, that's, that's a, that's a racist type of move. And I'm not, you know, I'm just going, I'm not going to sugarcoat or anything. He was a black man. He got pulled over. You didn't like the fact that he was a black man that got pulled over and you went straight for him. You know, it's, you know, it, the video uh, explains itself. And then your partner comes over and he wanted to get him a piece. So what, did somebody want him to take the wife or something? Or your wife cheat on you with a black man or something for you to go off and, you know, treat this man like this for no reason at all. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't like seeing stuff like that. Um, yeah. I, I honestly don't. Um, it, 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 you know, moves me a whole totally different right, way. Um, when I, when I, when it comes to seeing stuff like that, I don't like black men put in positions like that. Uh, recently, um, we, you know, I, I encountered something that could have been, something like that that could have happened, you know, with my son and his friends to where one of us called the police and lied and said that they told her 
that they were going to come and shoot up her house with the AK-47. <laughs> and they had like about four or five police cars. So, oh. you know, some tell, you know, you got the motherly instinct. My son walks out the house after he come and tell me, you know, what went down. I was like, okay, don't y'all go. Don't just stay away from the lady. You know, if you're going to go back over your friend's house, go back over there. Don't say nothing. So he goes out and some just tell me to go outside. So I get in my car and I go outside. And then I see the police. So I back my car up and I walk down there. I was like, first of all, my son ain't saying nothing. Get to the house. If you got something to say, you come and talk to me. I said, what's going on? You know, um, well, these, you know, you know, we heard that, that these young men threatened this woman and said she was gone. One, my son, I was, he's very respectful. I raised him to be respectful. And these other young men, they're very respectful. They call me ma. You know, they're very, I don't, they didn't say nothing like that, pretty much. And I told her, I was like, you know, you ought to be ashamed of yourself because they could have came weapons drawn and they could have shot at these boys, you know, they really could have. And I was, you know, pissed off. And I told, you know, I yeah. actually went up there and I told them, you, there's nothing you're going to say to me because I'm going to say what I got to say to her. So, you know, she want to play crazy, baby. I will show you crazy when it comes to my kids. And, you know, um, one of the officers got aggressive with one of the little boys. Uh, well, he's a grown man. He's not a little boy. My One of my son's friends, he is 26. And um, I didn't know at the time that he had liquor on his breath. But one of the officers kind of tried to get aggressive. And I had to calm him down like, hey, that ain't called for. So, you know, and I told, told him to cut. Um, they took him to jail anyways because he had liquor on his breath. But, you know, to avoid situations like this, we have to you know, like, like the people do either do something about it or, you know, it's, it's, it's sad. Pretty much it's sad. It is. Cause you know, we had one officer that was aggressive and one officer that was respectful. The one that came and spoke to me, he was real respectful. The aggressive officer, he looked at me crazy and just walked off. And I told him, I said, you know what? I was like, I, um, you know, I do stuff, you know, I, I, uh, fight against people like you. Please do not start with me. You know, if you, you can't talk to me like you ain't got no sense, then don't talk to me at all. I'll continue talking to this officer. He asked me if I, he can talk to my son. I told him, no, you cannot. If you got anything to say, you can say it to me. I know what happened. And that was it. But, you know, wow. you always have that one aggressive officer who thinks he can do anything mm -hmm. he wants, especially to young black men and black men, and you know, young black boys. They say a lot of them were bullied in school, is yeah. what I hear. Yeah. Uh, that's a, the, the telltale I hear. Empress Maxine, did you want to add? Go yeah. ahead, Empress Jackie. I'm Jack. Oh, yes, Jamaica. I was going to say. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say, it's not even only the, uh, the white officers. I've seen black officers do it, too. You know, oh, they, yeah. they were bullied as well. It's not only these white mm -hmm. officers, it's the black For officers. Sure. You know, they all come in, you know, they all wear the color blue. So, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Empress Maxine. Yeah. Well, you know, we know exactly well, with the police, it's a whole culture, how they mm -hmm. act. We see more of the white ones, though, doing it. I know the black ones do it as well. But mm -hmm. we, for some reason, we just keep filming these white ones doing it. Oh, yeah. And they don't even know if these young men are college graduates, top of the class. You don't know anything about these boys, mm -hmm. these young men. You know, as a mother of a, of a, I have a 17 year old stand six foot two. I hate when he has to go out. He's like, mom, I want to go on the bus or whatever. I'm so afraid that someone's going to profile him or, or do something against him. You know, he, he's innocent that way. And we try to let him know, look, we live in the hood. You have to have precaution. You have to have precaution, no matter where you go, what you do. And that's what we try to protect. We can't protect them forever. But I say going, the question is, what do we do about it? And now I'm not saying to go out there and do anything with police, but I tell you this, if it's 10 of us and two of them and they stomping on our brothers, it's going to take a minute for them other ones get there. That's right. Yeah, I know there was a group that did that here recently that went viral where it, uh, over time he got punched a few times. Like, damn, anybody going to jump in? Like, y'all going to jump in at some point? Y'all filming? Right. But they eventually, I think, started throwing stuff at the cop who was manhandling the dudes, a couple of cops, two or three of them, I think. Anyway, that, that video went viral where 
I was like, wow, they actually jumped in and started doing something. I mean, it might not have happened when I expected it to, but it did. And I, I liked seeing that, that we were standing up for our own. I, I, I don't like the fact that it had to be violent, but hey, if that's what it comes to, because you, you're fucking my brother up and it's two or three of y'all on one, like, like we need to start taking up for each other like we were taught to. Empress uh, Jackie, would you like to add to this? I sure would. <laughs> um, that disturbs me. I, I, the way that I feel is that they have no place in our community. That's how I feel. They cannot relate to our culture at all. So how in the hell could they be peace officers when they can't even relate? So we have an argument, a house in our household. Okay, I, somebody calls the cops. Maybe the neighbor calls the cops. They come with guns drawn. And that's what we as black people need to understand. Stop calling 911. Stop calling them. They're not for us. Learn how to handle things in your own community. Call a, a few good men that live in, in the area. Call your, your family members. If it's, if it's uh, one of the little youngest on the block, call some of your family members or a few good men that could come and have a conversation with the young, with the young man. But we have to stop calling 911 on our own people. Um, and, and I do agree, Sister Maxine, again, put the phones down and stop recording. Because we have a right, we have a right to defend ourselves. And I don't care what color suit they have on, what color uniform they're wearing. It's still a man behind that badge. It's a man. And you have a right to defend yourself. So I, I just wish that, you know, a lot more of our people would do that. Learn how to run their asses up out of the, your neighborhood. Run them out. I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to come back and do a standoff. That's it. But you have to get them out of the keep them out of the neighborhood. I'm old school. We didn't have them coming around shaking us down. We do jump. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's that's peace, though. That's for real. We we have to. And you know, that's one thing I know that the city of Colleen does. They have their own community. A force where they they have their own little task force that they go around helping people mediate problems and things like that. So we don't don't call the police there in that city. I wish it was more so everywhere, but I think once it gets started and people start seeing it implemented in other cities, then maybe other other cities will start implementing because you can't police outside of your. You should not police outside of your own culture of people, in my opinion. But Empress Cindy, do you have anything that you wanted to to say? You know, I've I have um hmm. I want to say a couple of years ago, you know, I, I as you start to connect with the world a little bit more, right? And kind of like stop watching TV, but every once in a while, you know, your social media timeline is of the same shit. Boy shot cop boy shot cop didn't matter the race it was just but it was mo mo ma mainly every other race um doing it then i think about bernie mac pulling him over i hate the back of the neck of forrest whitaker right because you got those type of cops too right they look like you but they don't fuck with you um and i said you know what really is would help if i knew where you lived and you came out here and you fuck with me every day, fucking every day, Maxine. You came out here and you fuck with my kids. What would happen if now you got all the way to Long Island and I'm standing outside your house berating your kids? I bet you know how to fucking come back and act right near my fucking house. Because sometimes we bring knives to gunfights. Sometimes I think, sometimes it's, it's just being the art of war. It's called a citizen's arrest. You can say, hey, don't do that. Hey, don't hit that person. Ain't nothing wrong with me being outside telling your kids you're going to get a ticket. Yes, you're eight years old. You're riding your bike on the thing. But here's the summons. Because I know there are 10 and 11-year-olds with summonses. 
riding their bike on the sidewalk. Some new fucking law. New. Where's my? I don't live in that part of Brooklyn no more. But I was riding the bike on the sidewalk at eight, nine. I couldn't even imagine somebody gave me a summons. That's not no shit. I'm trying to come home and be like, my dad, look what I got. Do you get what I'm saying? And then it takes it to the next level. So imagine now showing up at Officer Polanski's house and just talking to his kids. And it'd be like, oh, you don't remember me? On some like fucking training day. Oh, you don't remember me? You was harassing my kids. But I came to make sure yours were all right. I bet you everybody would act fucking different. Damn, these motherfuckers know where I live. Let me be a little bit nicer to this community that I have to babysit. Whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you, though. If we knew where where these police officers live, they probably would get a little act right in them. It's kind of like they got Twitter fingers, you know, because they go to a different community bullying that community around and then they go back home. It's just like somebody with Twitter fingers. That's how I look at them. Um, just some walking, talking Twitter fingers. So um, how young is too young? This is our, our uh, last clip here and roll the dice, baby. Talking newly released body camera video showing a disturbing encounter between Maryland police and a five-year-old boy they put in handcuffs. Kathy Park reports. Don't make me take you over there. They're working with that tech, y'all. Okay. Tonight, growing outrage in Maryland over this newly released body camera footage. Got it now. Two Montgomery County police officers responded to a call to bring back a five-year-old student who left school after he allegedly broke a computer. Get in. Now. I'm not asking. Get in the car. I don't want to hear it. After the officers bring him back, the situation quickly escalated. Police blurred the identity of the child. Meanwhile, the yelling and berating is all caught on camera. I mean, how do you learn that type of behavior at five? That's why people need to beat their kids. Sit down. When the boy doesn't stop crying, one officer screams just inches from his face. Police release a near hour-long video Friday, near the end of the footage, with his mom in the same room. An officer places handcuffs on the boy's wrist. These are handcuffs. You, you want to go where Uncle Berto went? Huh? Huh? You know what these are for? These are for people that don't want to listen and don't know how to act. The incident took place January of last year. After an internal investigation, Montgomery County Police said both officers remain on the job. The boy's mother has since filed a lawsuit seeking justice and compensation for his trauma. In a statement, the school district wrote in part, our heart aches for this student. There is no excuse for adults to ever speak to or threaten a child in this way. Council member Will Jawando pushed to get the video released and demands a full investigation. You shouldn't treat a human being the way this young boy was treated. It doesn't matter if he's five years old. Or 50 years old, no one should have been talked to in that manner. And ultimately, what do you want to see happen to those two officers? They should be fired. I'm so upset watching that. I think the mom was pretty calm sitting there. I would have been going with crazy. And she should have allowed them to put them handcuffs on they him. They would have well. been taking, I'd be like, take the handcuffs off him and you're going to take me to jail today. Yeah, why would you even allow them to do well, that? Breaking a computer. Look, I, let me tell you something. At a child at five years old, especially a, a, a male, that's a lot of anxiety that he's holding inside from something, from something, whatever yeah. that is. But the, no excuse. The, there was no justification for the way those police treated him. And that woman officer got in his face. I want to pull her by her braids. And just not, you know, it's just so disrespectful. This, this is how these children go from the school to the prison pipeline because of this type of behavior. He's still a baby. He's a baby. His mind is not developed. They act like he's a grown ass man. Yeah, that's just how they treated him. You know, good and well, if this was a white child, come on now. We know what would have happened. He would have been he would have been escorted to a Burger King, a Mickey D's and then taken home. Here, little Timmy. Yeah. Don't break the computer anymore. You know better. They let, coddle let me, them. Yeah. Let me say something really quick. When my son was little, my son was diagnosed with Asperger's. 
And I remember, um, even though he was in the honors class, oh my gosh, those teachers at the school, they didn't know what to do. Especially his first grade teacher was calling me every other day. Now, and asking me, well, is he like that at home? No, he's not like that at home. What are you all doing to him here that makes him rage like that? So we had finally, we got an IEP for him. And then luckily, slowly, but progressively, he got out of the behavior. But I used to remember, I remember my son saying to me, he says, mom, this is when he was only in the first grade. He says, mom, sometimes I feel like I'm just like on an island by myself. Because he felt like these teachers couldn't relate to him. And he always wanted to do his best. I'm telling him, I'm saying, because I'm his mother. He always wanted to do his best. But it seemed like he could never please those fucking teachers. None of them. It used to drive me crazy. And then eventually I ended up putting him into a diverse school. Because, again, these schools are built, these black schools, I'm sorry, they built to the prison to pipeline. I know the whole game. The public schools. Let me get him out of here. Let me get him out of here. That's what we did. And now he's thriving and he's he's wonderful now. But it took a lot of of, of heartache. So I, I could see what this baby was going through. It, they escalated something to the fifth power that didn't have to be. Exactly. The, and they're always escalating shit with us anyway. And yes. what it put me in the mind of is how that those the white massa used to take and split up children from their parents and this is the shit that's what i saw that's what went in my mind when i saw that baby being taken away from that was it a school he was at and then they took him to the the damn uh police station like that's sick why didn't why did he even leave the school for breaking a computer like that that like kids children break stuff all the time like Hold, hold them there, him there at the school until his parent gets there. Why put him through all of that? That didn't make any damn sense. And he might be an undiagnosed, again, Asperger or autism or something like that because they never mentioned that. That's right. a whole and we don't know. know. We don't right. know we don't what know. else is right. going on. He could have been right. vaccinated for all we know, and <laughs> and he might have side effects from that shit. Got ADHD. Mm-hmm. He could just be having a meltdown. People do that. Children too. Children are just small humans. That's all. We act like they're supposed to be like when I get. I've gotten calls about my three year old needing to sit still in an eight hour class. I'm like, he right. ain't gonna do that. I don't know what planet you come from, but that's not happening here. Not even on a good day. <laughs> it may be five minutes and you're pushing it, asking for five minutes of Malachi to sit down. That's just not going to happen. Empress Jamaica, you got something to add? Yeah, the whole fact that the mother sat there and let them handcuff him, you know, kind of bothers me. Yes. Um, you know, one, you say something right then and there. Don't put them handcuffs on my child. He's not no grown man. and But you're over here encouraging them. Oh, yeah, you met your uncle. You know, you want to be like your uncle? No, you don't do that. That's, that's one thing you do not do. And for the daycare, how did he get up out the school, the uh, child care anyway? It's supposed to be secured and locked down. So how did he get right. out and manage to get out? One, you're not doing your job is protecting these kids. So therefore, somebody can come up in there and take a child or a child can, you know, leave like he did you know how how did this child end up leaving and if you sit there and watched him leave why you didn't stop him so there's a lot of questions about right. the story that doesn't sit right with me at all yeah you made a good point interesting point because now she's trying to file a lawsuit was yeah. that to file the lawsuit did she set that up she like i'm already here we already this far so go ahead and put the handcuffs on mm-hmm. we got this all on camera mm-hmm. and you're encouraging it so you you really shouldn't get shit because you helped them de- de- demean your child yeah, and berate yeah. him This is yourself. more trauma. You added on to you, the trauma. Yeah. Like he's going to have access to this video one day, ma'am, and he's going to see that you encouraged the police officer to put some damn handcuffs mm-hmm. on him. So, no, you shouldn't get a damn dime. If anything, right. give him a, 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 a trust, trust fund, fund. Yep. set it aside, <laughs> and give him the money, and she can't touch none of it. Mm-hmm. When he turns 18, he can have that money. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Yeah, go ahead and file your lawsuit. I take that back. But put that money in a trust fund so right. it goes far from you because your ass 
probably just looked for for easy uh easy access to some cash. Yeah, because somebody that told was. her, girl, you better get a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, when they called the police, when they called her and said that he was at the police station, they probably already put a little bug in her ear. Who knows? Go on and use your child as collateral then. Or she probably seen that video afterwards with the lady yelling in his ear, you know. Uh-huh. But you already added to the, you know, you know, you already added to it. You you Feel allowed the, fire. the handcuffs. Exactly. Empress Jackie, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Yeah, I, I remember this story last year. Um, I'm here in Maryland, so... Um, yeah, I, I watched the mother. Let me just say, he's a baby. When he cried, he cried and he sounded like a toddler because he's still he's still a child. He's still a baby. And um, that was horrific to watch. But more than everything, my focus was on the mother that was just standing by, encouraging. Yeah, well, he got to learn. But then she's filing a lawsuit. So, um, yeah, she she allowed her son to be traumatized because she had a plan. But uh, there's no amount of money that would ever take that memory away from her son um, and the trauma, the, the experience. There's no amount of money that can get rid of that. So sometimes these parents, out here, um, they don't do right by their children either when when they're looking for a payday. Um, and as far as the police in this area, I, I was uh, at one time about to pursue um, legal action. They're very prejudiced in this area. And, um, and I, I know those were, um, you know, black officers, but the black officers stand by and they say nothing. Uh, I had some black officers report to my home. I was having a, a pool party and they claimed the neighbors were calling about the music being too loud. Well, the black officers showed up first and came in the backyard. I gave them a plate of food. They danced a little bit on the floor. Ah, oh, you're fine. You're fine. And then they left. And the second time they came back, the same black officers that still had the grease from the chicken on their lips and they called about 10 fucking cars and literally raided, raided my yard. Shut everything down and shut down the entire neighborhood, called the, the captain and had everybody escorted off my property and put me under investigation for the entire summer. And I looked at them with tears in my eyes and I said, you guys, just left my home and you come back with these white men and you don't open your mouth. You said I was fine. You told me that only one person called. They come back and they're talking about seven people called and you know they're lying. So that's the type of shit that goes on here in Maryland. So, you know, to see that, it didn't surprise me. But what surprised me was just the mother. A lot of people around here have gotten paid out on a lot of lawsuits against the police department. You know, it's like the trend. You wait for it to happen, and then you sue. So um, you may not see it too much now because the police department was sued. Uh, the entire county was sued by black police officers. As a matter of fact, it was one or two of the officers that reported to my home. They were a part of the lawsuit. So they, one of them pulled me to the side and said, don't listen, we can't say much. They're prejudiced. They're prejudiced towards us. So, you know, I guess it's just the, the behavior and them just going along with the code. But yeah, it, it just yeah. disturbing. It is. It really is. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that Empress um, yourself. So um, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate many... it. That was, that was traumatic. <laughs> yeah. And anytime the police are involved, it seems to be traumatic with when it comes to our people. I mean, I'm not saying every time, but almost every time, you know, so um, we're going to go around and 
give our three things we're either growing in our garden or, or we're thankful for. Um, if you want to start us off, Empress Jamaica. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, I am thankful for being here and being um, around like-minded people, uh, being able to meet you ladies. I'm thankful for that. Um, right now, why I'm, I got a lot of things going right now. Um, it was growing in my garden. Um, I, I just have so much that I can do. I just don't know where to start. So, <laughs> but I'm I'm getting that getting it together, and I'm I'm just thankful to be here to be able to prosper and um, you know grow within myself. So that's what I'm thankful for. Awesome. Thank you. And You're thank welcome. you for joining us. Um, it's good to have another face in the crowd here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll come on when I'm not uh, multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> Empress Maxine. I'm grateful for waking up each and every day. I think every day that we get to wake up is a, a blessing. I'm always grateful for my sisters and all of you all. You all give me strength and life. And um, what I am growing in my garden right now are mints. And I'm about to plant some um, bell peppers and get my garden going again since the winter is coming up. Cucumbers is a good time to uh, grow cucumbers since the rain is going to be coming as winter is coming along. Okay. That's yes. what's up. I love some cucumbers. All right. Uh, Jackie. Yes. Um, I'm grateful for uh, life. Um, and, and I have it in abundance. That's how I'm feeling today. <laughs> I am grateful for my children and I'm grateful for you, sisters. Um, this is something to look forward to. And that's what happiness is about, having something to look forward to. So I thank you all for that. And thank you, Sister Cindy. And welcome, Sister Jamaica. Yes. <laughs> and for Cindy, what three things are you grateful for? All right, ladies. Love life and knowing that one day one day when we are so fed up with this shit we could pour gasoline all over this motherfucking planet when we get not being that we're jim jones because it's gonna take more than kool-aid to fix this shit <laughs> right of this apathy yeah. when we're ready just gasoline burn it because guess what i'm not afraid to die so we do it waiting to exhale <laughs> come on let's yeah. go once we stop fearing, we'll be better fucking people. I promise you. Yeah, we cannot live in fear. fear living in fear is death, mm -hmm. as my my wise old son says. <laughs> and my yes. what I'm thankful for is I'm thankful for uh, peace of mind, um, my health and mental health as well. And I'm thankful for my family, tribe, and the sisters here that I have grown to love and um, I, I'm loving the fact that we can always do this and turn around and chit chat in the background as well. So I, I'm loving the camaraderie and, and the bond that we're building. So thankful for you all. So on that note, again, you are listening to on the wakeupradio.com. Go to otwtube.com. And we want to thank Empress Cindy Ashby our producer and uh, here on the scene with us today. Um, thank you for all you do, lovely lady. And thank you for my, my, uh, my prize. I love the organic dispensaries, LLC, Yashika. You are the bomb. I can't wait to use my stuff. And uh, we just have some lovely ladies in the house tonight. And I want to thank y'all again. I love you all. Peace, love, and light. I'm out. Good night, ladies. Good night, all. Good night, good night. Love you. Love y'all. Don't know what to take my power. I go up. I go up. Don't know what to take my power. I go up. I go up. They feel away. Oh, wow. They feel away. Lord, individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, DN. On the wake up. This is It's Miss Max. 
health and cultural owner of Ministry and Wellness, where we offer alternative solutions for people dealing with sleep, stress and anxiety. Did you know 70% of Americans only get one good night of sleep a month, while another 11% report having insufficient sleep every night? Let me help you get the rest you need, while helping with your stress and discomfort through natural solutions that won't leave side effects. You deserve to be the best version of yourself. Visit ministryandwellness.com. That's ministry, A-N-D, wellness.com for my hand-picked and affordable selection. Have questions about our products? No problem. Book your free consultation with health and wellness advocate Maxine Sinclair or call 855-200-2774. That's 855-200-2774. Coco Shema offers the best selection of our formulated natural organic hair and body care products at unbeatable prices. Our hair and body loving goodies have become synonymous with the quality of the highest industry standards. We ensure a continuous variety of fantastic products along with unique limited edition and seasonal items that fit any budget. Coco Shema creates handcrafted, decadently personalized body care products for total pampering and enrichment so that your mind is relaxed, your body feels better, and your soul is inspired. Come explore at www.cocoshema.com. That's www.cocoshema.com. Here at Organic Dispensary LLC, we are committed to keeping our communities healthy with 100% safe and effective immune building products. Our wire-crafted purple sea moss is our top seller and is proven to contain 92 of the 102 minerals present in the body and necessary for maintaining good health. Visit our line of organic products at organicdispensaryllc.com Email wiremiller at organicdispensaryllc.com Or you can phone one 22 or go to the website at organicdispensaryllc.com you can also find products on ebay and etsy that's organicdispensaryllc.com and get back to natural healthy immune system hi i'm jackie q and owner of joni hair skin and wellness products all of our products are made by hand and infused with nature's healing powers, beautiful essential oils blended to perfection, and lots of love. Try our Butter Soft Shea and Fragrance Collection for women and for men, and our best-selling conditioning beard oil. We are now partnered with Coco Shea and her scented soaps that are heavenly. So please join the Joni family at joniproducts.square.site and on Instagram at Joni underscore products and Facebook at Joni Products FB. Spread the love. Hola, I'm your hostess, Boricua Angie, and I'm on the Wake Up Radio Thursdays at 9. My show is called Thoughts of a Light-Skinned Woman. That is also my IG handle and Gmail. The holidays, the winter is coming. I sell pasteles and coquito. And also, I do digital flyers. If you're interested, hit me up. I got my girls on, my swag's on, my shoes on, and I'm on. I got my girls on, my swag's on, my shoes on, and I'm on.